Hello, are you ready to dive into a world of captivating conversations and insightful perspectives with Leap Listens? I'm Sarah and I'm joined by my co-host Roger. Hello. And together we'll be your guides through our third podcast series. Leap Listens is proudly presented by Leap Create, a dynamic people communications agency that partners with organizations to communicate their unique culture and values. Check us out at leapcreate.co.uk. So join us as we explore the latest trends, share success stories and uncover the secrets of effective communications in the workplace in just 15 minutes or maybe a little bit more. Today we're talking to Neve Callahan, a consultant at CGI. With extensive experience in energy transformation, Neve actively participates in member networks, drives CSR initiatives and serves as an ambassador at early careers events. We're excited to hear her insights on what the future holds for the next generation. Welcome to the podcast, Neve. Hi, thank you for having me. Hi, Neve. So tell us about your journey at CGI. So I am relatively new to the professional world in the grand scheme of things. I joined CGI as a graduate in October 2020. I had graduated from Queen Mary University of London with a BA in Geography. And probably until most of the way through my second year at uni, I actually thought I was going to end up being Mm -hmm. a secondary school geography teacher, which is quite different to what I do now. I joined CGI and I joined the energy transformation team. It was oil and gas back then. The sector name change kind of gives a clue as to some of the changes in our area, as well as kind of our long-standing fuel card operation that we run. We also now support energy and Mm. digital transformation projects in lots of exciting new areas. So that includes like renewables and sustainability as well. So it's not the big, bad oil and gas industry that it maybe used to be. (laughs) But I've had the opportunity to work as a consultant on sort of new business development and growth projects and as a project manager in multiple areas. Um, And currently um, I'm a project manager as part of my role on a resource augmentation project for a client. So right now I do a mix of the consulting side and project management, but the consulting stuff is really what gets me going and what I enjoy doing and the direction I want my career to go. But I also do lots of other fun stuff that's not just boring work. As mentioned in the introduction, you know, member Mm. networks, CSR, early careers. I absolutely love getting involved in that sort of stuff. Um, And having that balance with the day job makes it really exciting to go to work. Oh, that's fantastic. So give us some examples of events that you've attended as an ambassador. So I've been able to do quite a lot um, and I'm really thankful to CGI for that and for supporting these sorts of events. But I've attended a STEM careers expo for secondary school students. So both running the CGI stand and I was invited to be a panel speaker at that as well, which was really brilliant. We do a lot in that area of focusing on um, encouraging STEM from sort of secondary school level up. And that's really where you you sort of see kids who maybe were interested in science and IT in primary school or a younger age kind of start to lose interest at that point. So that's really key for us for trying to encourage kids to think about it for later life. Hmm. I also planned CGI's attendance at an expo called Fleet and Mobility Live last year. It's the annual sort of flagship expo for the fleet and mobility industry. So one of the projects that I work on is in fleet and mobility. So that was really massive for us for brand awareness. And was I was honoured actually to be asked to sort of plan the whole thing from start to finish, which was really great for me as well. But 
I think my favourite event that I've attended with CGI has been uh, Karen Brady's Women in Business and Tech Expo. We were the headline sponsors last year and I really, really enjoyed getting to speak to lots of different young women who visited our stand about my journey, about CGI, uh, about just sort of getting into tech and IT um, in general. Uh, it's definitely the kind of event I really would have loved to have attended when I was that age, when I was at uni. Mm. I think probably just wasn't on my radar at the time because it has been going for a number of years, but it was really great to attend. And I've, as mentioned, I've also been able to support lots of our social media campaigns for recruitment as well. So I'm literally getting my face out there, as you could say. Yeah, some really, really fun things I've been managed to get involved in. That's excellent. So when you're attending these events, Neve, as an ambassador, what are some of the concerns and aspirations that the next generation are asking? One of the main questions I've had, um, particularly from young women who I've spoken to, it's how they can stand out from other applicants sort of at the time where I joined the professional world, that was really sort of the crux of a change in the job market when everything sort of went a bit crazy and particularly the graduate market as well because of some of that post-COVID backlog. And it can be really hard to be seen amongst other applicants and sort of think about how to make yourself stand out when nobody really knows you're just another CV in a pile, basically. So I've always advised anybody who asks me that question to really put put forward their passion and their why because I, I, not that I'm a recruiter but I think that does really stand out you know you might be just as qualified as an next person but if you can say look this is really exciting to me I'm an absolute nerd for xyz I can't think of anything better than spending my day doing this then I think that would really stand out and if I was mm. a graduate recruiter that's the kind of person that I would want to recruit. You mentioned earlier you see a dropout or a lack of interest or an interest wanes at a certain age in, in those STEM subjects. Why, why do you think that is? I think it stops becoming interesting to kids, mostly. I think we're all excited in sort of like that early secondary school age by things like science, when you're doing fun experiments and stuff. But then as you get sort of further up the educational chain and you're doing like your GCSEs, it becomes almost like a chore and you don't like it anymore. So you then can't see yourself doing it at A-level or college. And then obviously you're not doing it any further because there is a requirement to study a subject at a certain level to take it further. So I think that if you're losing the interest of kids in some of those core STEM subjects at that critical point sort of around GCSE time, then then they're gone forever. So I think it's really important to sort of show kids at that age what the other side looks like so what it looks like you know post university to sort of get them thinking about that okay it's not just a subject that uh, a level it's something that can open a door to lots of these opportunities so what was it that um means that the geography world suffered a great loss and <laughs> I, I, I love geography um i really really do um it was my favorite subject through secondary school and I don't think it was my favourite A-level because I did do a creative A-level which was just lots of fun but I've always loved the subject um, I love learning about it and it was the only thing I could see myself studying for three years at uni I think if you're going to do something for three years you've got to really like it because there'd be nothing worse than doing a degree and coming out the other side and realising you hate that subject I love maps, they're so cool I follow <laughs> an account on they Twitter cool. that's just called Terrible Maps and <laughs> 
I, you know, I just think it's so funny if you're into that sort of thing. That's brilliant. Obviously, the people say that when you study geography at uni, you do like colouring and stuff like that, which I never actually did. I never did one day of colouring, but I've, I love learning about geography. And actually, when I got to uni, I realised how big the world of geography is and it expands into like sociology and psychology and lots of other areas that just made it really interesting to learn about. And I'm still so glad sort of three years on that I chose geography as my degree because even now I still love it. Um, and I actually kind of miss learning sometimes. Um, so maybe when I'm 50, I'll have a career change and I'll go back and become a geography teacher. Who knows? <laughs> so what attracted you to CGI, Neve? I will be honest. My mum worked at CGI, but it wasn't initially what I was going for. It was on the list of places I wanted to apply for, but it wasn't, yeah, this is going to be it for me. But one of the main things I've realised now I've worked here for a while and I've come across quite a few other colleagues who are in the same boat and have parents that work at the company is that you wouldn't want your child to work somewhere if you didn't like the company themselves and you didn't think it would be a good place for them to work. And I would say this to anybody is that it's a good place to work. Um, I'm treated fairly, I'm treated really well, actually. Um, and there's no like, well, certainly in, where I work, there's no scary, oh, you must do this by this time. And you've got to work till eight o'clock every night and you've got to be online at 7am every single day. It's, you know, it's very relaxed in the way that we're treated like adults and and also treated the same way as everybody else. No matter if, you know, if you're a 40 year old professional or a 21 year old graduate, you're all treated the same in that way. So the work-life balance is really great. And yeah, I, if I can see why, um, I think my mum's been at the company about 15 odd years through acquisitions, but the company culture is really what makes it. And I can see why she would have wanted me to work at CGI. It just so happened that it was the first one, the first job I got an offer for. Uh, I'd gone through the grueling graduate scheme stages of doing like online tests and <laughs> virtual pre-recorded interviews and stuff like that. Um, but I got the offer from CGI. I think it was... I did my interview like at the end of November after application started in around September time of my final year. And I got the offer two weeks later, first week of December. Um, and it was first one and I'd accepted it. And after that, I thought, you know what, I'm not going to keep looking. I've got a dissertation to write. I've got better things to do with my time. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So another question for me is when you're speaking to like the next generation at these events, what are they looking for in an employer? I think the young generation are a lot more switched on than I think sometimes people give them credit for. I see quite a lot of stuff online about, you know, the Gen Zs who will just quit a job because it's not serving them anymore. And I think a lot of young people are a lot more switched on to the fact that your job isn't your life and there's a lot more to life than your job. So a lot more emphasis on work-life balance, good company culture, respect in the workplace, a good work social life as well. So a company who will put effort into enriching their employees, um, who provides them with good training opportunities, who provides them with the flexibility they need to do things that they want, who provides them with benefits that are suitable for them. I think it's a complete change in the way that you probably would have seen a generation ago with somebody who stays at a company from 20 to 60 and they just do 
various different roles over the time, but they stay at the same company, you know, job hopping is a lot more common. Um, and I certainly think that people who are coming into the workforce now are going to have a lot less loyalty to companies because they are more focused on themselves and they rightly should be, to be honest. That's it. Your job isn't your life. And then sometimes there's more important things. Um, you've got to look after, look after yourself and think about yourself mm. first sometimes. Yeah, no, it's a good point. It certainly reflects some of the things that we we hear um, on this podcast. You mentioned earlier how one of the sectors of oil and gas had shifted to being more about energy and obviously focusing on renewables and sustainability. And we hear that as something that's important to younger people as, as well. How can individuals, especially young people, contribute to creating a more sustainable future? the young generation are the ones that's going to be dealing with the majority of this, you know? So I think it's really in our hands to, well, I'd say do something about it because that should be the government's job, <laughs> but um, we're going to be the ones that are dealing with this. So I think it's really important that young people recognize kind of the power that they have. And that's only going to grow, especially when you sort of look at the fact that in the UK, at least we've got an aging population and we're not the only country that have that either. So I think by making serious sustainable, sustainability focused lifestyle changes and commitments, that that's how we see the things change long term. So things like where we choose to spend our money, who we vote for, what kind of foods we eat, the companies that we work for, the cars that we do or don't buy. Um, so those kinds of choices, if we stick with them, I think that over time that's when we'll see the impact of that and again it's there's no kind of one definition of what's what's sustainable you know you could have a somebody who walks everywhere who's vegan who's worn the same t-shirt every day for the last 10 years but that might not be sustainable for everybody mm. you know and depending on where you live that might not be sustainable so i think that a lot of young people have kind of grown up with the kind of oh I remember when I was at primary school it was like oh switch the lights off when you leave the room don't leave the tap running when you brush your teeth <laughs> that was drilled into me from like five years old and I think the focus on sustainability has grown so as we've grown up so I think that a lot of us continue those behaviors and we just kind of we, we take them and that that's how you live life not necessarily that it's like a choice to be more sustainable it's just that's what you do well that's what you should do yeah, no, I can totally understand. I've got a teenage son and he's very much into helping the environment. And, you know, I always get told off about the tap and keeping the fridge open and all sorts of things. So I can totally understand. So finally, Neve, our, our question that we ask all of our podcast guests is what books are you currently listening to or reading? I'm not actually currently reading a book, but I have just finished one um, and I'm trying to work out what to read next. Um, I hadn't figured that out before I finished. I've just finished reading The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. It's the life story of a Hollywood actress between the 1950s and I think present day really and it follows her and the journalist who's writing her autobiography um i really enjoyed reading it i recommended it to my friends who hadn't read it already good summer holiday read but a really good book as well and it's being made into i think a netflix film soon so i'm excited to see it get brought to life but yeah i need to think about what to pick up next maybe a non-fiction i don't know 
great. Fantastic. If you ever want any recommendations at the end of all of our podcasts, you can hear what other other guests <laughs> yeah, I might do, yeah. <laughs> recommend. <laughs> That's excellent. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to have you on our podcast. No, thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for listening. For more expert insights, check out our other bite-sized episodes, perfect for micro learners and those with a short attention span, just like me. And if you're in employer branding and recruitment marketing, you might be interested in our monthly EB meetups. Just search EB Meetup on LinkedIn and join our community. For anything else, contact us via leapcreate.co.uk. See you next time.